So what's going on guys, welcome back to another podcast episode. This interview is a recent interview that I gave with Olivia from the Blogger Program. Now it's kind of different. We talk about the story, but the main focus of this podcast is influencers. And I did a post on this on social media, probably about a week or two ago, where I mentioned that influencers now need to start thinking about what they're influencing. Are they influencing positivity or are they influencing a level of beauty that is hardly attainable for a lot of people that follow them? And influencers are obviously people on social media with a big, big following and they're influencing people that follow them. But they need to now be careful of are they impacting people's mental health in a good or a bad way? Let me explain it more in this interview. Thanks to the blogger program for having me on. Let's dive in. So I personally have listened to loads of your podcast. Um, I've watched your YouTube videos. I've seen your appearances on the news about mental health. And we at the blogger program are totally inspired by your work. But for those listening who maybe don't know you as well as we do here, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and sort of your background that has driven you to what you do today? Yeah, I never know when to start when you ask this question. Big question, yeah. Um, Long story of it is I always say my life was pretty normal up until 18. So like was okay at school, quite academic, like football, had lots of friends, um, you know, good family life. Um, But then the turning point for me was uh, 18. Okay. So I'd left, I'd finished college, went straight into a job, ready to work up the corporate ladder. Um, And my dad had a sudden breakdown and... It was completely unexplainable and we didn't really see it coming. And I'd only just started my job that I was ready to kind of like push forward with. And he attempted suicide just a couple of days after that breakdown. So that then, long story of it, was a six-month battle of him sort of getting better, getting worse, getting better, getting worse. was in a mental health unit. Again, it was the first ever kind of we, we didn't even know the mental health unit was there we didn't really understand what it was we didn't know how to help him but on the 4th of March 2009 he, he ended his life and that then for me was the turning point it took a, a long time to kind of get my head around it I was signed off from work I went back to work I sat at my desk and I just couldn't do that anymore I had to do something different um so yeah the first thing that I did was I started a, a fashion business an online fashion business and that really was a good move that I made because it gave me a bit more freedom like I wanted to work for myself I didn't want to be stuck in an office like my dad did um so yeah that was the the introduction into the industry into business life but then there was so much more that kind of happened after that so with the magazine was that more of an escape to not think about what had happened or was it a way of you sort of expressing your emotions from some you know such a traumatic thing yeah the first thing that I did was I started a online retail store that sold men's accessories so that I set that up when I was 19 so again I used a little bit of inheritance money to kind of invest into that I was also selling stuff on eBay when I was like 14 15 amazing Um, um, yeah. So you've always had that sort of entrepreneurial yeah, stuff, stuff street. from China yeah, that you shouldn't yeah. <laughs> really sell on to um, eBay. But eBay was so different back then. So yeah, I, I set up a store and as you say, it was a massive distraction. I was just all in. I would just research, how yeah. do you do this? Work all I hours. I wanted to work on a beach, as you saw around that sort of time, this whole laptop lifestyle. And it was a, a good thing looking back. But as you said, it was this massive distraction that mm-hmm. I didn't deal with my dad's suicide. I just buried it like most people do. Right. Um, and that was just one of the distractions, you know, chasing status, like going out and buying a nice car at sort of 19, 
um, money, going out clubbing every weekend, drinking, like all of that was distractions. But yeah, definitely the business was one of them. And after the magazine, what was it then that you did after that that sort of brought you into the mental health campaigning and being more of an advocate for me- you're sort of male and female, aren't you? But yeah. specifically men. Yeah, so it was, a, it was a long period. So I kind of started the business, um, was doing lots of stuff and then... I came to a really, really low point myself that mm. I was just struggling to get out of bed. I was just, I went to the doctors and said, like, I'm just always tired. I'm sleeping loads, but I'm always tired. Yeah. And he was like, I think you're depressed. And I ran away from that diagnosis because I didn't want to end up like my dad, which is a fear that I still have. And a lot of people have that have lost someone to suicide. Um, and I had to start working on myself because like, like you say, the business was just a distraction. I was just distracting and I, I reached a really low point. So it was just about two years after my dad died, I, I finally sort of opened up to someone and spoke about it. And she really helped me deal with those emotions, which then led me to start doing better in, in business and mm. start doing better in, in, in life. Um, but yeah, I didn't start sharing publicly till probably seven years after my dad died. Wow. Okay. Mm. So in those seven years, how for someone that maybe has gone through a similar thing to you, how do you encourage them to to open up like mm. you did? I mean, was it difficult? Yeah, it was so hard. I, I was open to like my mum, but again, open in a certain degree because yeah. I don't want to burden her because she's dealing with the fact she just lost the, her husband. Of course. Um, I went to counselling on the GP and it just didn't work. No. Um, I think I saw a psychiatrist, didn't work. And then, yeah, the lady who helped me was this lady called Anne. And I think I went there for a back problem originally. She was a holistic sort of therapist. Um, and I was just told that, you know, she could help my back. So I think that relieved the pressure, but she was the one who got me to open up. Um, so yeah, it was like opening up to her. And then again, it was still years where I just was still very closed off dealing with it on my own and then starting to open up more. So advice I would give is, is to not feel ashamed of, of it and and talk openly. Cause as soon as I started talking openly, it was a massive weight off my shoulders, but also the impact it has on other people. Yeah. Like it gives them the chance to open up as well. And I think that's so powerful that we kind of underestimate. So when you started creating this content, I know it was seven years on, what was your aim for creating that content? Was it more of a release for you or was it that you wanted to start helping other people? Yeah. So a lot of the content that I was creating was around like fashion, like men's style. Um, and primarily the aim there was to get money. Yeah. Uh, completely honest, to get money, to build the business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wrote this article. Um, it was just a little bit of story about my dad and uh, it was titled Why Men Kill Themselves. It was about trying to understand suicide. And I shared it and all of a sudden um, it went on to the Huffington Post through a um, charity called Calm. And I just had messages, 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 messages. That was where really your career started, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was, but even then it was like, I was, I was, I remember crying and showing my mum and she was crying and um, she said like, I'm so proud of you. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Like if I can just write something and it helps people. Like I wrote it for men, but I had, you know, women that had lost their husbands, their brothers, et cetera, saying how it kind of helped them understand it more that's so I, fantastic that yeah. must be such an achievement in you know for yourself yeah. it was an amazing feeling but then I didn't do anything with it so it was like two years ago I'm sorry but yeah two years ago I wrote that I put it out there I was like wow this is amazing but then I just I don't think looking back I don't think I was ready still yeah there was a lot of fear around me being completely open about it and I was still very driven by money so I was like how am I going to make money from this yeah um so I, I shared that I think I shared a couple of videos and then I just stopped 
and then I went back to creating fashion content and and so you weren't consistent with that sort of mental health content no, at the not time at all. and then yeah like you say it was probably about eight months ago um I just thought I just want to go all in now yeah I'm not, I'm not passionate about creating content around what blazer you should wear on a night out no I'm not I'm not passionate about that but I'm very passionate about openly talking about it and like you said, the numbers weren't there, but the impact was there. Mm. So I just thought, you know, I don't, I'm not many people are doing it. So let's just use those skills I've learned from the last nine years of social media. And yeah, the platforms that you have. The platforms I have and being like, right, I'm just going to talk all about it. Rather than, as most influencers do, they might just put one post up about it. I just want to share as much content around it as I possibly can. So yeah, that was the turning point. And I think what the blogger program want to highlight and, and what I think is so important is that you talking about losing your dad and, and the stigma around mental health and suicide has actually helped you with the grieving process and, mm. and to deal with that loss. And the way you've done that is through social media and things like talking to a camera and documenting it on YouTube or yeah, talking yeah. on a podcast. And and there is, a, of course, a lot of talk around how there is a downside to social media, but actually you've used it in such a positive way. And I think our listeners, a lot of them are influencers. I think that's what's really important. And and that's what we can focus on is how you're using it in such a positive light rather than a yeah. negative. So what is, what kind of content do you love making? What what was what have you found that's been really, really like impactful? Video, video massively. Because again, you know, I could write, but you can't connect with someone on the level that you can connect with someone on video. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think again, those those... Those I went through so much fear around creating videos for like years because I thought my mates are gonna see this. They're gonna and look like, at what it. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, so I'm glad I did those fashion videos because that got me better on camera and over that fear. So then I just thought, you know, maybe use that for good. But yeah, you made a very very good point. Is it's social media has a bad rap when it comes to mental health, and it is bad for our mental health if we use it wrong. But if you use it right, you can create you know massive impact on people absolutely um, and i think if you know influencers in particular they need to start being more aware of the term influencer like who are or what are you influencing and mm-hmm. i think that's something that we need to definitely be aware of and that was something that i was aware of like what am i influencing doing the fashion stuff am i making men feel better about themselves or I'm actually making them judge their appearance based on my appearance and other people's appearance. No, absolutely. And obviously we work with influencers on a daily basis. And I, I saw a recent tweet of yours that said, you know, influencers need to start questioning what they are influencing and need to stop hiding behind their highlights reel. And I think that is a really good thing to sort of bring up because Instagram is a highlights reel, isn't it? Mm. We're, we're highlighting the best parts of our lives, but what do you mean by sort of questioning what they influence? Just... There's a, a Prince EA video. He said, um, you need to question when someone lands on your page or your profile. Like, do they leave feeling better or feeling worse? And I think with influencers, I get it. It's it's a business now. Um, and they are influencing positively in most instances. Mm-hmm. But are they influencing people to reach a level of beauty that they'll never be able to reach? Or are they influencing people to wear items of clothing that they're never going to be able to afford or wear? And and I think that's the main point that I was trying to make in that is, and I think as well with influencers, what I found is as soon as I became more authentic, my audience became a lot deeper. They were like, hundred percent. you know, I've got less audience than a lot of people, but my audience are very engaged. engaged. Yeah. They're very, they'll follow, they'll, they'll want to do, they'll want to share, they'll want to do more. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing now with influencers is yes, you might get a lot less likes, 
you're going to get more comments you're going to get more engagement you're going to get more influence definitely and we always ask our influencers when we do our podcast what does influence mean to them Mm. and I think it's a really interesting question and and you are so hugely influential in in the mental health niche so what do you think sort of influence is and do you even class yourself as an influencer no I think if you put influencer in your bio, you're not an influencer. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like a self-proclaimed title, <laughs> yeah, like, isn't I can't, it? Like, there's a guy I follow. I can't go and put footballer in my profile no. and pretend that I'm a footballer. I think, like you say, influencers, I was... One of the best strategies that I used for my online retail business was influencer marketing. But this yeah. was prior to the term influencer. It's, there was a guy on YouTube. This was YouTube 2010 when all it was was like Simpsons videos and just random videos. Yeah. And there's this guy making videos in his bedroom called Aaron Marino from the US and I said to him look I'll send you some products I sent him two products he made a video I've never made as much money as that from his one video but this was at a time when he had sort of 30,000 40,000 subscribers never did any promotions mm. and the influencer term wasn't around he was just doing it for the fun of it whereas now he's got I think 4 million subscribers and he charges a huge amount of money mm. for sponsorships so I think again the term influencer I, I, I don't know it's for me it's just have an influence on an audience yeah in a positive light and I think again it's we're losing touch of of an influencer doing it because they're passionate about doing it again the original influencers did it they had no idea they'd make money from it whereas Mm. a lot of people now want to become an influencer because they know they're going to make money from it definitely so why do you think there is such a stigma around mental health now that you've you're doing it sort of Mm. you're creating content and it's out there all the time what are the difficulties you find in putting that content out there is there is there sort of a stigma have you found that people are hesitant to talk about the dangers of depression and suicide yeah massive and I think it's just lack of education so you know we're we're not taught taught at our age by our parents that we should be open about our mental health and they're hiding away how they feel and it's just that generation that's being passed down and I think Again, nothing's going to change quickly, but hopefully the next generation or the generation below that will be more open about it if we continue to talk about it. Because, yeah, the stigma still exists. And I think a lot of people come up to me. And um, a a good example of that is a couple of Saturdays ago, I did a a talk at a charity ball. And there was about 300 people there. And um, a lot of them are like, bald-headed tattoos big guys oh wow yeah and they will come up to me and they're like you know you've got some balls on you you've got some balls on you and they were like oh, they're so brave and they were like you've made me cry I haven't cried for for however long um but I don't see it as me being brave but again that shows the stigmas there because you know why can't we all talk about yeah. it we all have mental health you know it's something that we should be able well, to openly express it's actually yeah and, and that's such a good point that you've just made because um when I introduced you to this podcast and I asked how you are I was actually thinking about a video that I watched on your Instagram called the Ask Twice campaign and, you know, where you demonstrated that when you ask someone, how are you? Are you okay? You should really ask it twice because the first answer isn't, you know, always an honest one. And and I think that's what's really important that you make aware with mental health that, you know, it has no face. We don't know what others are going through. And and the natural reaction as humans is to say that we're fine. Mm. And so how do we break that? I think there's a lot of, personal responsibility that we have to take Mm -hmm. like I can't make you open up no but if I what I found is that I'm okay in being vulnerable now so if I drop my guard you're more likely to drop your guard and talk back so again what I'll do is I'll do a talk now and 
at the beginning of the talk, no one, people will talk, but they won't openly talk. I'll go and do my talk. I'll be very open, vulnerable on stage. I'll come off and then floods of people come and up. They and they think they can be vulnerable. Yeah, like honestly, for the next few hours, I have no questions to, to answer. It's literally just me like listening to them and they then drop their guard and they want to talk. And people always say, you know, I don't feel like I can talk to anyone, but it's just hearing your story. I feel like I can talk to you. And I think we have to take that personal responsibility to to be more vulnerable, to mm. be open with how we feel, because it might give someone else the you know permission to do so. So, like you said, if I say how are you, you say you're fine, and you say how are you, and I say actually you know I'm having a bit of a bad day, or I talk about something where I drop my guard, then you might feel the need. Yeah, to, you're right. To I would back. instantly probably think actually, am I okay? Because it is a reaction, isn't mm. it? I don't even think half the time when we ask people how they are or, or answer the question, we're actually thinking about the answer. Yeah, it's just, I'm fine. It's just yeah, it's just, I'm fine. I say it though, I yeah. still say it. No, yeah, of course. But, and we, we're all, but I think we all it's again, it. like knowing, yes, you can say I'm fine, it's, but it's not, it's not like looking too much into it, but it's just, I know that if I aren't okay, I can talk about it. Mm. And I think that's the, the main difference. Definitely. So your YouTube content, what kind of videos would you put on there? What what would, if somebody wanted to check out your YouTube now, what kind of content could they find? Is it, um, yeah. I know it's mental health focused, but is it techniques? Is it sort of just you demonstrating a feeling that you've had that people can relate to? Yeah, YouTube's changed a lot. So obviously my YouTube was building when I was doing the fashion stuff and then I, I stopped. And I said, I'm only doing mental health stuff. And I lost, I think, 2,000 subscribers. Wow. Um, which, again, I completely understand. They subscribed for fashion stuff. So now you've got a guy talking about mental health. They don't want it. Um, a lot of people s- sort of stayed around. And then I thought to myself, um, you know what? They're still talking about how you dress still has an impact on someone's mental health. So, you know, I thought I'll go back and do some more. Um, and again, I just wasn't really feeling it. I just wasn't seeing the Results, impact. Results, Yeah. So I just recently I've just dropped my bigger YouTube channel, which is about forty five thousand subscribers, and I've just said no more videos is going on this. Wow, and, and, it, and that's a brave move as well. Yeah, again, but the YouTube algorithm and all stuff like that—it's just uh, again, it was one of those things that I want to step away from that. That's going to still be there. So you're going to have they've got like style videos, you've got some mental health content on there, um, but I'm just going to rename that and mm-hmm. I'm going to start a new one under my name, which I've started already. And on that one, yeah, it's going to be sort of personal stories. I also want to get other people on to share their story because I can't talk about OCD. I can't talk about, you know, suffering with panic attacks to an extreme level. Other people can. So I want to get them to talk about their stories. Um, And just as well, like what you're kind of doing, try and get some of the bigger YouTubers to be more open and expressive on it as well. Yeah. Um, So yeah, YouTube's kind of got a different strategy at the moment, but a lot of my stuff is Facebook, Instagram, um, and LinkedIn as well is actually doing great. Really? That's um, really interesting. And you've also got, you had your podcast, didn't you? So mm-hmm. it was a journey to a better man. Mm-hmm. That is that now I've seen you've also got the Paul McGregor podcast, the new one. Yeah. So again, it's kind of, I want to rebrand everything under my own name. And yeah. because again, for me, it was like, as in, from a business point of view, um, I'm doing a lot of mental health stuff on Facebook, on Instagram now. Um, you come over to YouTube and you see me talking about what shoes you should wear on a night out and there's no congruency there the same with the podcast it was mostly targeted towards men um so now it's kind of i want to have it all under the umbrella of my name and this is just what i'm going to be sharing i will still talk about fashion because i still think it has because it's part of yeah your identity only if it feels right you know only if it's something that i want to talk about rather than me thinking right seven hacks because that's going to get more views than me doing that it's more authentic content yeah yeah 
And of course, we can't forget that you are also a published author. Mm. So tell us a bit about your book. It's called Man Up, Man Down. Is that yeah, correct? That's yes. Correct. And it's sort of a tale of your recovery after your dad passed. Yeah. Is, that, is that right? Yeah. So again, with that, um, what helped me after dad died was just writing things down. Not for anyone to see, but just me writing stuff down. And then um, I wrote the majority of a book and I thought I want to self-publish this. Just I want to get it out there after I'd done that article. And a guy approached me called Adam Shaw and he said, I've read that article that I did originally. And he was like, I'm going to start this publishing company. I want you to come on board. And I was very skeptical. I was like, no. And anyway, long story short, about, I say a year ago, he reached out again and they'd started a publishing company, which was a mental health publishing company, which funds a foundation called the Shaw Mind Foundation. So every book sale sends money over to the foundation. That's all about education for children with mental health. Um, they do a lot more stuff as well. So it kind of was fitting. I sent them the manuscript. The editor was like, the first chapter is good, but the rest needs work. <laughs> we need to tweak it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, the rest of the book was more like self-help led. Like number one, do this. Number two, do this. Right. And he was like, we just want the story. But with that self, like the self-help stuff sort of filtered into the story. Um, yeah, so the book came out at the beginning of October. And um, how is it done? Somewhere it's, it's done better than I expected. Again, it was one of those things that, again, it's just a different format. Again, from an influencer point of view, mm. some people like reading books, some people like watching videos, some people like reading quotes. Yeah, and it's so another form it's of It's another content. form. And yeah, it's they did a first print run and it sold out before it was released, which was kind of cool. Well done, um, that's fantastic. So they've done another print run now. And again, it, it's, it's one of those books that I think is hopefully timeless. It is about suicide and bereavement from suicide. And so many people are affected by it now. It's not just about masculinity and men. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully the book is quite timeless that, people will pick it up sort of a year later, two years later, hopefully anyway. Definitely. I think as well, when I was looking into the book, I think it's so incredible that it touches on things like, how do you express emotion? How do you admit when you're struggling? You know, when when everything you've ever been taught, you know, or people just tell you to man up, like yeah. the title says, yeah, the title exactly. is so hard hitting and we're, we're told to man up and get on with it. Um, how do you now tell people that come to you for advice and things to sort of break that? How, how do they get, you know express their emotion and things yeah. like that i I'm, I'm a huge one for for self-awareness so there's this whole one-size-fits-all approach to mental health and a lot of it is now antidepressant so like if you went into the doctors the one-size-fits-all is is taken antidepressant now the, that do you agree with um antidepressants it's not that i agree or disagree they help some people they just don't help everyone as the solution that's been on the plate so again if I walked into the doctors as I did that time I didn't need antidepressants even my dad my dad was very holistic he never took paracetamol he never took anything he'd go for a run he'd drink more water so then going to the doctors and saying I feel this way like I can't understand it and the doctor says Have here's these. a drug yeah you know my dad was then taking double the dose as well because the doctor told him to take double the dose because they weren't working and one of the biggest side effects of antidepressants is suicidal thoughts so again his first suicide was very quick and we blame that on the antidepressants so if you would have asked me this question um you know a couple of years after my dad died i would say that no one should take them but there's definitely a place for antidepressants and medication a lot of people benefit from them i don't want to put any stigma on that um but i just think there's so much more it's like a tool in a toolbox you know mm. it's going to help you but you need to take this you need to do this you need to talk there are so much many other things around it and what would yeah. you suggest other than 
you know, if people don't necessarily feel the need to take them, what other maybe things that you've done to help you in your in your process? What have you done that's really helped you? Um, loads. I, I always say like I kind of became like a scientist. I was like, I need to just try as much as I can. Yeah. I'm very obsessive. Like my, my wife, she said in my wedding vow and her wedding vows that I'm like obsessive, um, <laughs> and I am. Like, I'm either all in. I'm. I'm, I'm oh, like, you're all nothing. out. Yeah. So like nutrition was massive for me. Like nutrition, exercise. Um, you know being open and talking about it but again some people don't like talking about it they don't like verbally talking about it but some people like writing it down or some mm-hmm. people like writing poetry or doing art or there's i hate doing art yeah. so again it's like what works for what me what works for you yeah so again it's self-awareness try as much as you can but you have to get out of your emotions however you do it again mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong way but you just have to get them out and do you think or do you see yourself going into sort of coaching around mental health or, you know, helping with things like self-help? I know you do a lot of talks. So are they more um, techniques or is that more, again, getting your story out there so people can really sort of relate to you and understand and yeah. be more, you know, talked about? That's a good question. And again, that was one of the reasons why I didn't go all in when I first did that article, because I was like, maybe I'll do coaching. Um, I don't think I'll, I'll ever do coaching because I'm an empath so when I've tried to help people in the past I end up taking on all their problems yeah and then I feel worse in myself um that's not saying that I wouldn't do it in the future but the way I'm doing it now is I want to share my story openly on social media and it's helping people um but they also need to sort of use that in their own way to yeah. like take the responsibility use the advice that I'm giving in my personal stories rather than me sit down one-on-one coach them and yeah try and help them because I think that's going to be too difficult for me to do yeah and do you get approached by influencers that are maybe struggling in silence because you know it is a highlights reel as we said but behind that highlights reel we have to think about our health and our mental you know mental health mm. so have you found that influencers have come to you in that sort of scenario yes yeah, it's, it's funny you said that because I was checking today so a recent post I put out sometimes to boost your ego as most people do you're like oh let's see who's liking this or you you scroll and you think oh oh they're liking it they're liking it I'm starting to check now and a lot of you know I, I don't know them personally but a lot of them have got quite big followings and I'm thinking now like maybe I should reach out to them and, and see if I can let's you know see why they're following um but one thing I was going to say when you were talking about that is as I started to understand myself I started to understand other people and not saying that I can understand influencers, but I've met some through the fashion industry. I'm good friends with a lot of the bigger YouTubers in the men's style space. And like you say, a lot of them are sort of protecting themselves from how they're actually feeling. Mm. And I think a lot of them would be more open about it. It's just, and and the people that have been open about it have always had such a good response like, as soon as they do it. Yeah, I was going to say, I do think this generation is definitely much more receptive. I think it can definitely be used for a positive. I think, you know, like you say, Instagram, Facebook, all of those big platforms they have such a bad rap for mental health but in in essence they're very very positive if they're used correctly in the correct way yeah so we fast forward on you're obviously now married you've got i think two beautiful kids two, yeah. two, two kids it's not about beautiful no, oh, <laughs> how do you improve the way you feel on a day-to-day basis and and kind of what do you want to instill in your children so that they don't feel that they have to hide you know if they're ever suffering with mental health yeah, good question. I think for me, it's, it's putting myself first, which is such a backward way of looking at it in, in how we're taught. So when you become a parent and it's always, you know, they're first, like they come first, which I would do anything for them. But if I'm not 100% me, then I'm not the best dad that I can be. 
So one of the things that I have to do is I have to work on myself. So whether that's just like a morning routine, um, which is terrible at the moment, but that helps me massively, or whether that's just doing work that I love, or whether that's um, you know just taking an hour out to do something that I want to do, mm. it gets me in a good headspace. So then when I'm with them, I'm a better dad. Um, so definitely doing stuff for myself helps. Um, and then the second part of the question was how so how would they want? Yeah. To? So again, just again leading the way. I think we're such we're taught by our parents, by just even how they act. So by them, so like um, my eldest, he's um, nine, so he's my stepson. I met him when he was 18 months. And um, obviously he sees the BBC News interview and I think he went into school and was like, oh, my dad was on no, Sky News. I took him to Sky, the studios, oh, and he was lovely. like backstage because yeah. um, he wants to be a YouTuber. And as <laughs> most nine, kids do. Wow. Most kids do, yeah. Actually, yeah, my, my niece watches YouTube and she's four, so. Yeah, it's like the number one job, I think, oh, like gosh. kids want. And he was in Sky News and then he went into school and was like, oh, yeah, my dad was on Sky News. And the teacher was like, well, why was he on there? And he was like, he was talking about suicide and apparently like the whole <laughs> class. But some kids at like nine was like, oh, what's mental health? You know, what's... Yeah. And for me, it's like, I need to lead the way, not forcing it on them, but just showing them that you can talk. It's okay to talk. Definitely. Um, but again, as well, just letting them lead the life that they want to live. I think a lot of times parents live their their own lives through their children. Um, so yeah, but it's, it's, I think parenting is one of the most complicated things. I ever. mean, I'm not one yet, but yeah, I can imagine <laughs> it is. Yeah. And is your wife very supportive of what you do? Like, yeah. I, I think that must help as well. hundred percent. Yeah. So like, we had the conversation before I started doing it and she understands it and yeah she's she's very supportive and I think I put something out recently I did this road trip where like I traveled I think 1300 miles around the UK in five days going to all the big cities but like meeting people so just like doing meetups and I put something on there saying you know a lot of people say you know good things about what I'm doing but they don't really see the behind the scenes. They don't see the fact that she's had the kids for the last five days. And, yeah, of course. You know, made sure that everything's going on okay and behind the scenes. So yeah, she's she's very supportive. Um, and I think that's definitely needed when you're trying to do something like this. Absolutely. Oh, well, Paul, it has been amazing chatting to you. Right, you clearly have helped so many people turn adversity and, you know, their challenges into a strength. And personally, I personally and everyone here at the Blogger Programme think your work is incredible. So oh, thank, thank you. you so much for reaching on our podcast. No thank you have you enjoyed yourself? Yeah, it was good. Good, was good, good. Thank you. No worries. Well, we're going to leave it there. But thank you to everyone listening and join us for episode six in a few weeks time. Bye. So a massive thank you to Olivia for the interview. She asked some really, really amazing questions. I always love taking these podcast interviews and interviews in themselves because although the beginning normally starts with the question of, you know, tell us your backstory, there's always a question that comes up that I've never really answered myself. So every time I give an interview, whether it's a podcast like this or a TV appearance or a video interview, I always find myself actually answering questions that I've never ever asked myself. So it's a great for me in a personal perspective in terms of understanding and awareness for myself. But yeah, Olivia was amazing. The blogger program, they do some really amazing work if you're in the fashion industry or if you're 
looking for influencers, go check out the bloggerprogram.com. And I just want to leave this by saying thank you for listening all this way. If you've enjoyed this episode or if you've enjoyed any of my previous episodes or content that I share on social media, please, I would appreciate a rating and a review, whether that's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. A rating and a review really helps with the exposure of this podcast, which of course in turn leads to more people hearing and raising awareness around mental health and suicide. It's much needed right now. It needs to change. I'm so passionate about changing it or being a part of that change. We should all be in this together. So please, a rating and a review would help massively. My phone's just gone. It's time for me to go. Chat soon, guys.